Hey friends, Rich here from Unseminary. Listen, you know when you're doing a large project, like let's say you want to do something in your backyard and, and you know, you could do it by yourself. Uh, but you know what I found when I do that? And I don't think I'm the only one who's listening in where this is the case. If I do that in the long term, I'm going to spend more money and take so much more time if I did it myself. What I really should do is bring in a professional, get some people involved who know what they're actually doing. And it's really not any different if you're planting a church or launching a new campus. Church planters who focus on building their core team, that is what you are called to do. And partner with the portability experts at Portable Church Industry, they'll hit the ground running. Listen, you are not called to the wires and gadgets and cases game. You're called to building up a team, releasing core volunteers. I've said this time and again, the success factor of campuses is the size and quality and health of the volunteer core. You can guarantee that. Everything else, when it comes to going portable, really you do need to talk with our friends at Portable Church Industries. Yes, you could do it all yourself, but why would you? You do not want to do that. Your volunteers will feel invested in, they'll give more and they will thrive. Listen, if you're thinking of launching a campus or a church in the next six to 36 months, I encourage you to reach out to portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary. Again, that's if you're thinking of launching in the next six to 36 months, reach out to portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in today. You know, every week we like to bring you a leader who will inspire and equip you. And I know today is no exception. Super excited to have Vern Streeter with us. He is the lead pastor at Harvest Church in Billings, Montana. It's one of the fastest growing churches in the country. They, a number of years ago, started the Better Billings Foundation, which we're going to hear more about in their kind of practical outreach to make a difference. Uh, they've been done all kinds of really cool things. I'm excited to learn from them. And a part of what I love is Billings, Montana is not the kind of place that you would say a fast growing church comes from. And so we can definitely learn from uh, Vern today. Welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Really glad to be here. Thanks, Rich. This is going to be great. Why don't you fill out the picture, kind of tell us a bit more about Harvest, give us the kind of the picture. If people were to arrive this weekend, what would they experience? Yeah, so uh, Harvest Church was planted in the year 2000. I was a youth pastor for 10 years at the Mother Church across town, and mm-hmm. this area of the community needed a church like what we do. And so uh, they asked me to consider it after a few years of working on it we we launched in a high school in the year 2000 and started working on getting into our own piece of property so we bought mm-hmm. a property next to the school and moved into a building in 2004 mm-hmm. which we thought was a temporary building it's currently our permanent building and yes. but still what we temporary did, all these years later yeah <laughs> yes. so we did the classic cafe gymatorium we we built a gymnasium that converts to the worship center on the weekend. It's we are still setting up in chairs, and mm-hmm. uh, but we put 
we did that because our heart is to serve the community and we knew, hey man, a gym's going to get used and yes. it is, it gets used every single day mm-hmm. and you know, the acoustics are terrible, but we've, <laughs> we've, we work on that constantly and uh, our lobby's got climbing walls in it and has great coffee and uh, real open <laughs> and friendly and welcoming. And then you step into a gymnasium that's a worship center. And we tried to do a really good job on what people experience on the stage as far as theming our sermon series and so on. Uh, so you'd, you'd walk into a place with good energy and a little unusual because all of a sudden you're rubbernecking, noticing that there's people climbing the walls. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love that heart from the beginning of being the kind of church that, um, you know, want to, wants wants to make a practical difference in the community. I think that is just such a great thing. I think there's a lot of churches that talk about that, but from what I can tell, Harvest Church is actually doing that, right? From, you know, there's even something as obvious as the way your building is is using. Let's talk about that. Where has that led you as a church, as a leader, as you've thought about how do we make an actual difference in uh, buildings with the real issues that people are facing? It was really moral for me because the Lord, uh, he made it very clear to me Mm. that if you're going to plant a church that's just going to kind of do church don't bother and so <laughs> let me let me let me expand on that a little bit yeah. so when I, when I was the youth pastor and realized I was going to be planting this church I was researching the starting of new churches and read an article mm-hmm. about subdivisions and planned urban developments or so on that uh are writing into their deed restrictions or their covenants that they didn't want churches in the community Mm-hmm. which is a little alarming article to read when I was about to plant a church. But <laughs> the Lord was really gracious, but really firm with me, kind of a boot on my neck going, you can't mm-hmm. just be offended by that. You got to think more about this and think deeply mm-hmm. about it. And so mm-hmm. we we just had this little session where he just had me going down layers. And the, uh, I'll shorten the process, but mm-hmm. the, the question was, like what, whose fault is this that a community mm. doesn't want a church? Mm. And what he was revealing to me is that this was an issue of relevance, well-used word, but that a guy would make a decision that he wants a laundromat or a gas station in 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 his neighborhood, but not a church. Right. right. And he's concluding that the church has some irrelevance to him, where the course he wants his clothes clean and a gas for his car, so that matters to his life. But mm. what's flips that on its head is that the church has been entrusted with the, actually the only thing that matters, right? Right. So, yes. Like a guy's eternal life or human flourishing. And so, but so if, if they did deem that the church is not, doesn't matter, it's irrelevant. That's the church folks fault. That's, that's us. Yes. We were entrusted with it wow. and we're the ones that made it irrelevant. So I just mm. owned it. I just didn't do anything, but own it. I was like, mm-hmm. yep, Lord, that's on us. I just, in that moment, was representing churchdom and went, all right, we'll be different. So this little mantra of we got to be so tangible and so relevant that even the most ardent critic of Christianity would be bummed if we cease to exist. This was kind of a sentence we just kept telling ourselves. And so when mm-hmm. we started our church, we started by raking leaves and doing yard care in neighborhoods where we were going to plant. So we 
we didn't start with worship services. We started serving. And I just wanted our whole launch team to go to get it. Like we, mm-hmm. we're going to get our hands dirty, guys. We're going to work hard and have sore muscles because of it. Rather than love that. our cool new worship service with a band, you know. Yes, yeah, I love that because I think so many times the easy answer to relevance is exactly that: it's skinny jeans, a band, and some lights, mm-hmm. and and that just is proving to be not that relevant. And um, and I love that you've asked the deeper question and also owned it and said, "Hey, that's on us." Not be not from like a blaming point of view, not from a like pointing fingers, but from an acceptance point of view. I love that from the beginning you were like, "How do we serve?" I, you know, even as simple as raking leaves. Where has that? Where's that continued to leave you? Yeah. So, lead, the, lead so you? the very next thing we did was partnered. Partnered. Uh, I guess a good way to say it is we used a high school, and so we were the first mm-hmm. church in Billings to ever use the school district's property. Wow. So we had to break ground in there, some school board stuff. But, yeah. but what we told the principal was, we are going to be a blessing to your school. And mm. he's not, he wasn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. So we didn't quite even understand why there, we needed another church in town. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And, yes. <laughs> um, but we just started serving that school. Everything yes. from the intangible of praying that the Holy Spirit would linger all week long after we left <laughs> to mm. the very tangible of, all the stuff that we have, you can use at any time that you want to we're buying stuff that the school needs to mm-hmm. the way we treated the custodians, to how we left the rooms, mm-hmm. to the way we would bless teachers tangibly. So mm-hmm. we just put our arms around the school. We were actually the landscapers and the yard care for the high school for a while because yes, it needed help and the school district didn't have the money. And so we were like, we got it. So right. right away, we, we now we're doing worship services, but we're also serving like crazy the school. And that principal later, when we were planting a church in another town in a, in a school, which was also going to be new in that town, he wrote a letter of reference to that principal saying the single wow. best administrative decision he's ever made was allowing Harvest Church to use his school. Wow. I know. Wow. That was awesome. That's amazing. That's incredible. That's so tangible. That's incredible. Exactly. Wow. Huh. So then it expanded from, then it, Then we got into our own building, which was unique. It was like, hey, we own something now. So mm-hmm. how do we, how do we use this? <laughs> yes. But didn't stay inward. We, we started mm-hmm. doing everything from Easter egg hunts and with helicopter drops to, mm-hmm. there was no there was no great fireworks display in our region. And so we now host the what we call Celebrate Freedom, a name I stole from somewhere in Texas. And we do this huge 4th of July thing and pay for the whole deal. And it costs wow. us 70 to 100 grand a year. And it's our gift to the community. And um, then we would do classic compassion weekends where we'd shut down services and spread out all over the city and mobilize a couple thousand people to serve like crazy. Those are so fun hmm. and so effective. Yes. And that was everything from putting a roof on a widow's house to building a bridge over a city ditch because the city didn't mm-hmm. want to do it to filling in one of our funnest projects was we the, the graves in the city cemetery were all collapsing because oh my goodness because you know the <laughs> coffins I think like that body rots and then the coffin collapses after 50 or 80 years and so so they were all sunken and so oh they goodness. supplied the dirt but we supplied the manpower and we went into this this cemetery for 2 days man and wow. refilled graves and replanted grass. It was an <laughs> awesome project because it really, really built credibility with the city of Billings. They weren't sure what to think of us, especially because 
again, an indictment on church folk. They were used to churches going, hey, we got, we got like a serve day. You got some projects for us? And then not finish the projects. So half a gazebo mm. gets painted or something like that. Mm. So they talked to us about that. And we were like, all right, no matter what happens, we are going to complete our projects and go above and beyond. Hmm. And we have a heritage of that. And they have learned to trust us over the years, which really paid off when we actually built a water park for the community. That partnership with the city. Was- okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I love how you just rolled over that. Like that is so great. Well, then that paid off. And when we built a water park, you did what? What did you do? <laughs> so one of the dynamics, one of the dynamics in Billings is that we're kind of a bifurcated or divided city because of geology, not geography, mm. but literally geology. There's a cliff band mm. that runs across the north end of our city that right. necks down at the Yellowstone River. And right. so you've got the city separated by this cliff. And the only way to get to the part of the city I'm in is through that bottleneck by the river. So my area of the community is called the Heights. And there's probably 40,000 people that live here. And there's about 100,000 people that live in the valley, if you will, below those okay. rims. Yep. So this area of the community wasn't, um, didn't become city. It wasn't annexed until like okay. the late 80s. And there's people that live here that are still angry about that because of the sort of the independent <laughs> spirit, you know, of Montana. Right, yes. And they didn't want to be in the city, but they're in the city now. So now we're in the city, we're paying city taxes, but there was no city recreation center or, or swimming pool. Okay. So you got 40,000 people, no city swimming pool. But every time it would go to the voters, it would always get voted down because the rest of the city would go, well, I'm not going to the Heights. Why would I? Why would I oh, vote okay. to have my taxes raised for a pool I'll never use? Which I felt like was like, see, this is the problem with the world. And so we're yes. doing something about this. <laughs> so the Lord was just, he just impressed upon me, like, that's going to be your responsibility. And that that was after a couple of failed votes over a few years, you know. And so we put it in our master plan, but it was phase four, but we moved it from phase four to phase two. So we got, right. we had to get out of the school. And as soon as we did, we started a capital campaign to raise money for a water park. Wow. And so we raised like four, <laughs> we raised 5 million bucks to build this. Literally, it's the best water park in town by far. Yes. Better yes. fact, it was the only water park for a while. And then the right. city pool started going like, we better put some slides in. Right. Um, <laughs> but, what, one of the, but one of the amazing things that happened is... Well, one of the amazing things that happened is that our church agreed that we should build a water park. That's unusual to get. Yeah, that's, that's super unusual. Several hundred, <laughs> you know, I don't know what we were, 1,500 people or something like that to go like, yeah, let's, let's, let's not do something for ourselves. Let's do something for the city that, and then we're just going to gift it to the city. So, so what we did is built this water park. We had to start a foundation to kind of do the firewall thing. And mm-hmm. then uh, we got a director over it. We employ about 100 kids every summer. Wow. Uh, it always turns a profit, but we charge very little and we just need, right. to, just need to make like 25 grand every year to put into the maintenance fund for a new pump yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But, but one of the moments that was most special for me was we were on our way to a meeting with engineers to talk about finalizing the product, you know, what we were <laughs> going to do on our land. Cause we got these 29 acres and the yeah. city of Billings calls us and goes, Hey, we got seven acres of land that's basically unusable mm-hmm. that we don't have any money to put in to do anything to it right how about you guys put that pool you've been talking about there 
So the wow. city, so the city literally gave us seven acres of land, and and it's in a way better location than where our church is because we're at the we're at a dead dead end basically. Right. So now it's in the center of the community basically, and wow. that thing is slammed all June, July, and August. It is That's a amazing. Blast. That's incredible. I love that. I love the the heart. So I don't know. So I we had run into this story and I'm like, I I don't know any other church. Now you probably do because you've talked with me. I don't know any other church that's built a water park. That's like, hey, that's led to that kind of, you know, situation. That I, I love that you're employing students. I love that it's meeting a practical need. Um, you know, I love that it's, you know, that arm's length thing. That's kind of a fun, you know, p- fun part of the story. Um, what would you say to church leaders that are thinking they might have that kind of God story resonating in their brain where like the Lord, it might not be a, uh, a water park, but it might be something of a similar uh-huh. nature of weirdness. Like what the Lord's telling me to do this. What would you say to them as, as they're, you know, hearing that yeah, you know, I, today? I would say, hurry, do it, get after it now, now. You need a visionary, <laughs> courageous yes. guy that's going to stand in the pulpit and rally everybody to this new idea. But sure. yeah, but but I do think that church folk, I I think they get self nauseated at consumerism themselves, mm-hmm. and so the idea of let's do something that's radically different than what a church normally does that radically serves the community in a surprising way. And I think that's mm. been one of the fun things is the surprise mm. that people have experienced. Yes. I think Jesus surprised people all the time. And so for a church to do this is surprising to people and it draws interest in, well, what kind of a church <laughs> does that? So it just seems that we've done a really good job of serving ourselves over the millennia and to right. do things that are outside the church walls and outside the box that surprises people and causes especially non-Christians to go, what's the deal there? Right. We've right. gotten tons of traction because of that. Okay. So let me, let me, uh, we're friends, but let me push you on it. <laughs> okay. What are some other pl- ways that uh, as you've been, you know, being led by, which I love this heart for like, how do we, how do we help our community? How do we lead our community that maybe push to deeper issues that open up to, you know, things that, uh, I'm not saying that a water park is not uh, not a, not an, a real issue, but you know there there's got to be other things that you know in your community that's led you to think like, hey, we should we should maybe help with that. We should tackle with that issue too. Yeah, so for sure. So we we we've done everything from like we had this we had this hearse that mm-hmm. pulled a coffin that mm-hmm. was actually a barbecue, and we would. <laughs> We would pull into the skate park with this thing. It's got the best sound system of any hearse in town, I promise you. <laughs> and we would open that thing up and it's got a cooler and barbecue in this coffin. And it was a great yeah. opportunity to talk to kids about eternity. Or we have a car care ministry that takes cars in and gets them ready. And usually they're going to single moms. And so people don't trade mm-hmm. in their cars anymore. They give them to car care ministry and that thing that goes out. We have an ambulance that we converted that would go out and serve the homeless. So those kinds of things have just been just regular things for us. Right. The latest right. and the, the doozy now that we're, we're, that we're doing is that we're, we've, we've opened a mental health practice. Okay. So we, we've opened a mental health practice and it's, as a matter of fact, it's so um, preeminent for us mm-hmm. that we reprioritized 
a recent capital campaign. So COVID mm. helped us reprioritize it. It did. But the money wow. that we raised for a worship center is actually getting totally repurposed and going for this mental health facility. Hmm. Now, this is all about, and this is a major important theme, and I think anybody listening to this, like you, this is what you've got to evaluate, is what mm -hmm. does your community need? Mm -hmm. So our community actually needed, and I put it in quotes for sure, but needed a water park or a swimming pool for the 40,000 people that didn't have one. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. did that, or we mm -hmm. didn't have a 4th of July celebration that was safe and fun for families. So we did mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Well, the mental health deal is the same deal. So we have a mental health crisis. It's literally a crisis in our part of the country. Mm -hmm. You put billings in between Calgary to the north, Minneapolis to the east, Denver to the south, and basically Spokane or maybe Seattle to the west. Mm -hmm. So you, we are in a hole and lots comes into Billings, but it's very, it's regional at Billings, but we're still very rural. And mm -hmm. as you can imagine, so our mental health situation is not good. The federal government has designated us a mental health shortage environment. So mm -hmm. there's actually funding available to try to get more people, mental health practitioners to come to our region mm -hmm. and wow. our suicide rate leads the country. So we, wow. we flop wow. with Wyoming, Montana, Wyoming lead the nation. Wow. Okay. In per capita suicide. And we know all the reasons why, by the way, we know the, mm -hmm. we know why we lead it mm -hmm. and I can list them for you. But the, mm -hmm. what we decided then was, and we've done this pretty much since the beginning of our church was like, we understand that there's mental health issues. Let's try to help people. And it was really, um, pastoral counseling without mm -hmm. any credentialing. Right. But we've been working on it. And then mm -hmm. uh, when COVID hit, as you know, mental health, anything that was like under the water, when the water right. went out, you could really see it, right? Yes, yes. So our pastors were buried in marriages that were just falling right. apart. And I remember sitting in this one meeting and they all just had their pulled out their little lambskin books, you know, those, mm -hmm. those deals mm -hmm. or journals, and they're just they're just reading couple after couple after couple to me that are either separated, divorced, they're divorcing, they're out, there's domestic violence. And it was just heartbreaking. And just all that COVID ugliness that right. exposed the mental illness deal. So we went, all right, man, let's start a mental health mm. practice. So wow, we, the, this, we got this director of operations and she's mm -hmm. a juggernaut. She's awesome. Right. But she... Mm -hmm. She ran a she ran at a party rental business. Okay. Well, what do you suppose okay. is one of the first companies to go under during COVID would be a party rental business. Okay, right, of course. So she yeah, so yeah. she had to close up shop and sell her building. We scooped right. her up. She'd been at our church basically from the beginning, and she is a leadership beast. And so mm. I just sat down with her last January and was like, let's go, Lene. Let's open a practice. Mm. And in nine months mm. we had our first counselor hired. So last September we opened. Right. We now have five counselors. Wow. They're all busy. And right. then we were going to do this building. And we went, we don't have the money to build the building anymore because of COVID increased supply chain problems and then inflation on top of it to put it out of reach. Right. So God graciously just was like, you should build a building. So we're building a suite counseling building that will not hmm. look like a counseling building right so amazing that, and then 
you're going to stay in your existing facility and then that's, and that's on your property. Yep. Yeah. We got wow. 29 that's acres amazing. and we're putting it on the far Northeast corner of our property, put it away from the church, put it in a more tranquil location off beaten roads. Yep. People in Montana are embarrassed to go see a counselor. So we're going to be real sensitive to that and hmm. kind of put it out of the way where you can sneak into that parking yeah. lot and get in the building quickly yeah. and get help. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. What, what the, I love that. I think this is, first of all, I, this is just an incredible story. What's God's doing at your church. I just think is so cool. Um, you know, as on the, the mental health facility, how, what's the launch of that look like? So you've you obviously you have a number of uh, counselors on the team. You know, how are you spreading the word? How does it work from a, just kind of give us a, you know, a leadership, a little bit of deep dive around, you know, how are you paying for those people? All that kind of stuff. Yep. It's really good. So Again, had to set up another 501c3, so it's its own corporation. The church actually owns it, but we've got mm-hmm. the firewall in place. Additionally, mm-hmm. though, we did not want to turn away people. Right. So that means we're taking Medicare, Medicaid, and insurance, which mm-hmm. that means is that we have to have all the federal and state licensure that, that is required. So right. that means we had to do talent recruitment and get the right people here that have those credentials. We've got the right. clinical director that we got from another town in Montana and mm-hmm. then some local counselors to, to join us. We are unapologetically Bible-based and Jesus-centric, but John Townsend and Henry Cloud would be who our guides are on the clinical side. Okay. So that's yep. model of mental health from those mm-hmm. guys. And then uh, our, our, uh, all of our providers, all of our counselors are in the process of getting their credentialing, their hours, mm-hmm. and then a variety of, of credentialing, right? LCPCs or right, right. Uh, social workers or whatever it is. So yep. we're kind of getting the, a full team together. Right. That Pulling the is, team together. Yep. And it's broad. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we want to help everybody. So right. from children to older adults, as well as addiction counseling. So that means we're providing the services that are required there by the state. So mm-hmm. we are being a, um, we are playing nice. We are mm-hmm. joining what the state and the feds require. Right. Unapologetically Christian but with mm-hmm. a high level of training and expertise. Mm-hmm. So it's not pray and memorize a verse. Like we are mm-hmm. doing deep dives into a person's soul and their mm-hmm. mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So that, and and um, we have the accountability in place to be able to do that. Right. I actually had to contract for a while with another Christian counseling agency in town to be our clinical director before we had our own so that right. we would have the oversight and the accountability that's required. Yeah, and, that's amazing. And so the uh, there's, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, there's counseling agencies that don't accept it because it's such a pain in the butt. Right. Because there's so much paperwork. <laughs> you pretty much got to hire somebody to just do red tape. Right, right, right. And so you got, it's these precious people who've got no resources are getting turned away. Right. And we went, nope. Nobody no, not under our watch. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So that means we had to deal with sliding scale. So mm-hmm. we had to figure out what what can you pay. Mm-hmm. So it's everything from zero to one hundred and fifty bucks an hour, depending. Right. And then mm-hmm. whatever your insurance company does, and whatever Medicare and Medicaid does for you, we are just hmm. making it work for people because we want them wow. in the room with a counselor. 
Hmm. And you have it structured as a 501c3 or as an LLC or what is that organization? What is that? Yeah. Like, is it a for-profit or is it? Not it is a, okay. Yep. Or charitable. Uh, That's a curveball question. Sorry. It's a, you know, it's, a, it's just where I need my director of operations. It's either yeah, an it's LLC fine. or a 501c3. And yeah, I that's thought fine. it was 501c3, but it is a for-profit entity. Yeah. Yep. Um, which we're trying not to make a profit. We just yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right? that makes sense. That makes total sense. There's a number of churches. Pour money do that. back into it and just and just talent recruit and just get the next counselor on board because yep, absolutely. It's a massive shortage in billings. In some cases, yes. it's six months to get in to see a counselor. Wow, that's people amazing. are pulling trigger oh by that time. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's amazing. So what's the what's the top end kind of vision there? Is the hope to do you have like a, a sense of the number of people that you're hoping to serve or you know what what is that what does that look like when you articulate that to your people what it, what yeah. is it you say? So there's going to be uh about a dozen offices in there so we could get mm-hmm. have a dozen counselors even more with some office sharing. Mm-hmm. There's breakout rooms in that building because we mm-hmm. we feel strongly about what happens in a small group and processing things together with groups. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. do a thing called T-groups, which is follows the John Townsend's Townsend Leadership Program mm-hmm. model where there's teaching, but then lots of processing in a small group. So we're designing mm-hmm. the building to hold that. But we're also putting a 150-seat amphitheater in there that wow. will be like a um, oh, like a state-of-the-art college classroom. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that is for the purpose of education and especially yeah. all the re- those ed- continuing education requirements. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're setting ourselves up to be the place that this region will go to to do that Love learning because we can bring it, it, we can pipe it in, but we're also bringing guys in yeah bring in cloud and townsend to mm-hmm. p- to pour into people and we're going to be um unreligious about it i mean so there's mm-hmm. certain again unapologetically christ-based mm-hmm. christ-centered bible-based but mm-hmm. but some of our speakers are going to just be some of the best practitioners in brain science right. for instance those yes. guys are coming yep. in and they're going to teach so right we are going to have this education part of this as well mm-hmm. so We've got tons of room to really serve the region. And that's the goal. We are not, we can't just think about our county, which is the biggest county in the state. Right. We got to think about the region just because of how spread out we are. Well, the fun thing I love about this story, Vern, is I love how it started where so many churches start, which is like, let's rake some leaves in the neighborhood. Let's, you know, let's do that. And somehow it goes from raking leaves to having you know, the most advanced mental health facility, uh, you know, world-class offering incredible service. I love that. I love the story that God's writing there. When when you think about the impact on, I don't even know what you'd call it, the kind of the rest of the church, the, the box that we would normally call church, you know, weekend service, getting people into small groups, kids ministry, all of that. Yeah. How has your approach to being community focused, how has that impacted um, I, I know that sounds like such a juvenile question, but how does it, how is all that working together? What's it, what, how does that impact, you know, what's happening on that, that side? Well, uh, yeah. So I don't think it's a juvenile question. I'll give you, I'll give okay. you better, more credit than that because here's what's happened in Billings is mm-hmm. like somebody moves to town and they're with their realtor and they're talking mm-hmm. about schools and churches and things and they go, and the realtor goes, well, the first place you should probably check out is Harvest Church. Mm. And they go, well, why? And they go, well, 
they do a lot for the community. Right. And then right. the person goes, do you go to Harvest Church? And they go, oh, no, I don't go to church at all. <laughs> but, yes. But, but that church, yes. man, they do a lot for the community. Yeah. So I love that. So 22 years now that it's a deserved reputation. We do yes. do a lot for the community and, and Christians and non-Christians alike go like, well, that, that just seems right. <laughs> so yes. yes. That, I love that that's our reputation and, and we have got to keep doing it. So that's right. one of my little, my things with this, our staff is, all right, what's the next thing we're going to do to serve the community? Right. We have to stay on it. So it does right. require somebody to keep it going because man, it's easy to get insular and inward. Yeah. But the, but the reputation, I think, has given credibility for the gospel. You ask people why Love they it. came to Harvest, it's probably had something to do with our community mm-hmm. involvement. Mm-hmm. Love it. I, this is so great. I, I, uh, this has been a great conversation. So fun to hear. Anything else you want to share just as we're wrapping up today's episode? Yeah. I, um, one of the things that I, my, my church hears a lot from me is that we serve the one who said he came to not to be served, but to serve and to give his life away. So, so guys, you know, that's how I talk to him. Like we, we, if we say we follow him, then we're going to be doing the same thing. And so that's where that service thing is um, foundational to us. And, sh- and mm-hmm. we'll, it's, it'll just never stop here. Um, our core values are word centered, community focused, growth expected, fun required. And mm-hmm. so, that so unapologetically word center, but community focused is mm-hmm. number two on that list. So mm-hmm. if a person comes to our church and doesn't want to be a part of the community, they're, they're eventually going to probably move on because we're pretty obsessed with wanting to right. serve our community <laughs> right. and it needs it more right. than ever. We lead the nation in suicide. So come on, right. let's go. Right. We got to get outside right. of these walls and help people. Vern, this has been so good. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I want to make sure we send people to the right places online. Um, if they want to know more about Harvest Church, they just go to harvestchurch.tv. Are there other websites that we want to send them to, or is that the primary place we That's want to send them? That's the primary one. And then um, please go with grace in your heart to that mm-hmm. website. It is being mm-hmm. redone. Launches in June. (laughs) All good. All good. All good. We're always we're our websites are always at that phase. We're always always a little embarrassed. You got you got other stuff to do besides make a great website. You're you're, you know you're somewhere between running a water park and a mental health facility. It's fine if your website and I think your website's great. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) Appreciate it, Rich. That's great, Fern. I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for being on uh, the show today. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. I hope it helps a little bit. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.